I am already in the halt, Toby. Are we looking at v, uh, VFS? He's on VFS. I'm, right? I'm uh, only in with 94 shares from 38.50, so yeah, showing a dollar lower resumption now. Let's see here. Dollar lower. Uh, but I'm not too worried it. about that. As long as it holds like 40 or 40 50 feel like there's still a pretty good chance it'll squeeze higher trying to get get our audience to get that anxiety push fs may resume in less than a minute uh Toby, you, you got um, your um your bot telling you it's it's telling us what's up in yeah there. we can get it's only worth it if you work for it it's only worth it if you work for it i won't stop till they hear me now i won't stop till i wear the crown I'm uh, I'm sitting nicely green on it at this point, so just kind of gonna hold on, see what happens on resumption. Nice. Feel free. Kind of surprised that it's showing. Share my screen if you want. Or surprised that it's showing such a lower resumption. Yeah, I can show mine. You just have the better resumption. I don't have all that. Ten yeah. Seconds. Ten seconds. There you go. Price is coming back up a little bit. So. Back down to 4027. I wonder where it'll open. 3977. Interesting. But it's probably But watch this. If it holds 41. So ask is 4125. As long as it holds up here, I think we're good for like 43, 44. So there you go. Definitely looked like it. I don't trade as much anymore, but this was this is very much a squeezy. Yeah, exactly. So, like this type of thing, I'm not I'm not that worried if it's opening a over. little bit lower after this big of a move up. More Look at that, forty four. That's that's another reason. That's another reason. Like um, traders who so, uh, do so well is because there's actually a very high uh, maximum favorable excursion if you're trading something with this. As in, like it won't it won't drop down it won't drop down that badly. Now that I I think about it from an like algorithm. Yeah, like you. Yeah. What is what is talking? That's that that rid of that, that was a thing. Nice Jeez, Toby, your bot's speaking yeah. to this. Damn, that is ridiculous. So, is this a time to buy a pullback? It might be. I'm going to forty three twenty. Just a hundred shares. Oh. So far, Danny. Huh? Great, great trade so far. Crap. All the way back. Yeah. Forty-one. I'd like to see it get back over forty-three at this point, obviously. But if it doesn't, I'll just cut it, and I'll have lost a hundred bucks off the top, which is not a big deal. I think it's it was worth trying to take a position there. All right, it's going lower, so I lost. 140 bucks on that position, whatever. Um, kind of too bad because I think I didn't make any money after the halt. Mm, I uh, see. Good point. Oh, did you dump it when it resumed? No, I held it and I sold through the push higher. I got up to like 1700 on it. And then I bought the pullback here. Uh, 4320 just with 114 shares 
really small size. Um, <clears throat> I think if it was going to have pulled back and then base out and go higher, that was a really good spot to do it. Um, for some reason, whatever, whatever's going on in it, that's a really, really strong rejection there. So I don't know. Um, but it's been kind of a tough choppy day. I started out just doing my best to like be less than 200, 300 red. <laughs> and at this point I'm, I'm at 1950. So. Hey, that's great on the day in this market, I think. It's good. It's so much needed. I've just been getting beaten up so bad, like every day. <laughs> Same. My last week was two max losses and I was just like, yeah. It, yeah me too how do you try like the, the worse it gets it's like you're in quicksand well the kind of frustrating thing for me and and you guys who look at my instagram post and pnl each day you probably realize how frustrating it is nearly every day to go from like two or three grand one to three grand red straight back to zero on like one good move at the end of the day that pops out of nowhere and it's like i'm glad i can do that but I really need to work on avoiding the the BS before we get those moves. And I did a better job with that today. So it's funny you say that because Toby was telling me yesterday he had a similar thing. He was also read oh Toby, you could probably explain it better than me. But then, you know, at the end of the day, had that ticker that, you know, took that helped him I'm doing so well too, you know, because I'm trying to not to get into my get into trouble, kind of what Danny's talking about. Yeah. And, I was only like net minus like 50 bucks, just kind of cruising, no big deal. And then I, I don't know what happened. I wasn't, I think I just got greedy or something and I uh, faced a halt and it just kept dumping on me and I just kept exiting the trade and then re-entering. <laughs> and I got, I was that's, down 2000 immediately. That's the biggest thing that I'm doing bad lately is just taking a position in something that like I know is not my best thing, like a mid cap. I traded S yesterday. I was red on it. Um, and I'll take a position on it. I'll lose 50 or a hundred bucks. Then all of a sudden I'm actively trading it and losing way more than that. And uh, I just need to not touch them, which I did better on today. So well, it's all just learning and doing better. I'd be, I would have been fine if I just stopped, but I, you know, lost, I guess it's more of like a revenge trade at that point. Cause the next trade was double the size, lost again. And then all of a sudden, yep. you know, I was exactly down and I was only 50 bucks down like five minutes before that. Exactly. I went from <clears throat> down 200 on the day to down 3,000. Oh day. my God. Actually, was, no, yesterday just two, 2,000. But I kept trading it and then I was able to get back to only negative 800 on it. And then at the end of the day, SOS popped up and started to really squeeze right That's into what the, got me. And yeah. uh, I hit that for about a grand. So I was, I was only like, <clears throat> yeah, I made 2,400 on that in the last like 30 minutes of the market. And I was like, hey. can't I just like do better and not be starting down 2,000 in the first place? Yeah, you so, can be popping two grand then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I did that today. So yeah, actually, I I nearly didn't. Um, I started trading Nvidia out of the open, and I was going long with like small size, trying to catch the bounce because I saw obviously it gapped up today, 
I thought we would have a little bit of a dip, some gap fill down to the downside and then a nice big bounce. Um, so I was trying to size in small into that bounce. And before I knew it, I was down a thousand on it. Um, I took, once it came down here, I took 300 shares short and made like 900 back on that trade or 800 or something. So I'm only red 200 on it, which is That's, That was a beautiful trend following trade right there. That was beautiful. Yeah, because you had the extension of the downside, kind of test of support, see if that was going to hold, kind of didn't, but then a, a bigger bullish candle, a bit of a bullish trend, and then a complete failure of that trend. So that was pretty... That was a pretty obvious short to me at that point. Yeah. So I hit that with decent size. Honestly, that's like a like $135,000 position, which is not, not something that I normally do on something like NVIDIA or large caps like that. But but I thought that the trade made sense. So yeah, and NVIDIA I scaled, had a I scaled out and covered down into the somewhere down here it went straight up like a rocket ship yesterday yeah in a hundred billion dollars in market cap in one day that's yeah. crazy i'm watching pretty much buy yeah, anywhere festive. and put a green on it yesterday pretty yeah, much yeah I, I made i made a couple hundred on it yesterday it helped my day out a little bit i'm a little confused about the uh sell-off here on vfs Someone's You're just confused about the sell-off. It's up 300%. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what are you talking about? Feels like a great dip buy. It just yeah. went from 3 to 48. Three, 30 to 48 just like in, what, 20 minutes? <laughs> I'm confused, okay? <laughs> is that a well, I'm like, why isn't, why isn't this going to 100? <laughs> And NVIDIA <laughs> would be a really good one for you to cover at one point, maybe, because um, it looks like the perfect thing to discuss with ADD and Void as it just breaks higher and keeps the trend. I don't know if you were looking at that. You probably were. Me? You mean me? Colby, yeah. 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 Uh, I, don't, I don't really trade any large caps anymore because I'm trying to just completely hone in on like one like extremely simple break it down into like two variables. If these two variables exist, I take it. If they don't, I don't. Yeah. And today, for, for what then? Like for what market? So, well, the the ES futures, well, MES futures for now until I can size back up. But don't those follow? Don't those follow the market though? Like they, don't they follow spy? Maybe? Nvidia does a lot, but Nvidia is selling off today just because. No, 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 I'm saying the the futures. Don't the futures market follow like spy? Um, on like they have like like some. I'm assuming you're you're talking about an equities future. Right, like um, just just the futures market. I mean, okay, the, so, the futures are the the main market, and then the spy is just a derivative of that in stock form. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, HKD is having a nice yeah, move. But, yeah, I guess what what I'm saying is that they're all relatively correlated, right? So they they are highly correlated. So you're essentially just trading the same thing. Oh but, yeah. Okay, that's why I mean, yeah. There's yeah. SPX, MES, SPY. Yeah, when SPY. trading. When someone tells me they're trading like futures and then trading spy, oh spy is better. I'm like, you're trading. You guys are all trading yeah, the, same the same thing. thing. If, you're, if you're trading large caps too, most of the time you're kind of trading the same thing, um, depending on like yeah, yeah, mostly depending yeah, on yeah, which you're trading one you're like trading, the Nasdaq, pretty much. Yeah, 
which one's leading the market, which one you're creating. Obviously for me, like that's the biggest thing I have to think about. Like what I can't have two positions in two things that move the same. It's the same thing as me having the same risk. So, right. Um, so I have to, I have to like, so like people always, people want to think that everything is correlated to spy. Well, not necessarily. Like if you look at Johnson and Johnson and look at XOM today, XOM is up, I think, um, in the first hour and the, the, all of them are, are relatively different, right? They have very different, uh, slightly different correlation, especially on the first hour. Um, so I have to think about that. Like when I enter, when a position is entered, Make sure there's low correlation between the the strategies that are that are trading. Do you do you try I, to target opposite sectors then, like risk on versus risk off sectors? I don't really, I don't really think about, um, I don't really think about the sectors. I just I run them through a correlation scan. So yeah. I don't even know what most of these symbols. I don't even know what they mean. Like until I have to look it up, um, because yeah, I. Yeah. I just, I just like run my small cap scanner. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm trading. <laughs> I know that it's moving, making me money yeah, most if, of the time. If yeah. they have because, because when I create a strategy, right, the idea for the strategy is, okay, make sure the strategy works on a lot of things. Okay, when the strategy works on a lot of things, now make sure you, you get batches of correlations that are different. Now, when you're done with that, then you do robust testing, then you do all of this. Now, the hard part is the beginning part, which is the idea and all of that, but I have a bunch of correlation things that I can, I can I can check I can check correlation for just the first hour, so on a consistent basis how they're different. I can check correlation of the, the mm. when the, the price the orders open up. I can check correlation for anything if I wanted to if I really coded it for that idea. So um, it's 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 very important because just I don't ever want to double my risk. Like you would see if like if you saw my my I um, the strategies run, you never see two strategies or you rarely see two strategies kind of taking the same idea um on the same stocks they kind of move differently so like you, let's say you're looking at like a long strategy just based off of some variable you're not going to go long apple and nvidia at the same time because they're both correlated directly to the nasdaq they're not they're not even in the same strategy so like the strategy already has stocks that i put into them um nvidia would not be with apple they would automatically be voided. One of them has to be the one to go. So yeah. I kind of pick which one makes the most sense. Um, and it's, it's kind of the same thing you guys do too. Like on a, okay, so you guys do that on a on a consistent basis when you trade like low floats or even just anything because you're one individual, right? So you're trading, you, you're never in two trades at once for the most part, right? So you, if something is going down, you're not Rarely, trading, yeah. you're trading the thing that's going up. So you're, you're cho choosing the thing that is like, but most of these small caps also get correlated on a day. Like how many times do you see when one ticket is going 200%, everything goes up 10, 15%. And then they, when they all go down, they go down. But you see that one that is still going up. Well, probably that one that is still going up has an irregularity. Maybe there's a small cap. There's a um, a short, short seller that's getting squeezed out that is pretty much pushing it up. And now this is the one that goes up 300%. But you're choosing correlation too on a, on a you know, in, um subconscious well not subconscious implicitly like you're you're choosing to trade the thing that is not correlated to the bad things and if everything was just going up if like for example if tommy just put five positions in things that were just going up and they all went down he's taking the same trade he could have just focused on the one that would have done better and and not not kind of discombobulate yourself and and not know what's going on because i, I that probably happens a lot where you're in like 
you know, in two threes, they all start going down at the same time. And you're like, well, I could have just focused on that one and and not had to, you know, do that. I remember I used to do that a lot back in the day. And now I think about that when I when I do correlation. I'm like, I couldn't just yeah. yeah, I lost the money on one. I don't want to lose it. And then you get confused and you you hate your day and it's like, yeah. <laughs> One, one big thing I think, I think about is trading the best ticker. Like if there's several tickers, uh-huh. I just want to focus on the best one. Exactly. Oftentimes that's really, there's one that really works and the other ones are all like iffy. I would say, I, would well, say I think this. there's, well, you, yeah, I, you I, I think there's that choosing the best one for one, obviously you want to choose the one with the most relative strength, but then being able to just completely focus on it and trade it as best as you can is another edge in itself rather than focusing on two or three things that are moving. Amen. Lawrence, and, and do you have eating, ATR and Arval in your, uh, uh, I, we use ATR only for like, um, uh, stop loss, like where the stop loss should be. But I don't, th- I don't think we, we have, I mean, there's so many better ways to do different things. Um, you can use any, you can really use like ATR can give you volatility. It can give you ring. Uh, it can give you, um, um, like ex- expected, expected yeah. returns over a certain period you can use it for anything if you're really creative with it um so it's really just what you have uh but back to like danny's point like um it's not only just looking for it's not only just looking for what's the best but what's the best for you because what happens yeah. is that if like for example okay so i'm telling everything is correlated like apple why don't i just pick if apple nvidia and all of these are correlated. Why not just pick um, Nvidia instead of Apple, right? Well, why is Apple the best? Because there, there micro, there, there's microeconomics and maybe macroeconomic reasons why Apple would do better over a long back tested. Like you know, the company is better. It just or the structure of the the the, the price movement is just stronger upward. And so, like though they move down at the same time, when Apple moves down, it moves down less. So right. that's where that's what how you distinguish which is better versus which is worse. And for us, you know, when you're trading discretionarily, you can just see that. But you know, when you when you're doing this code when in code, you have to like be able to measure everything to some extent because you need to understand why you're making the decisions you're making. Because you can't just have a portfolio that isn't like um, you know, thought through. But yeah, I think Toby just said something. It's muted. <laughs> oh, never mind. Okay. Toby, you're muted. I don't know if you're. <laughs> He's good. I said, but when it moves up, it moves up less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every small cap trader's nightmare. Well, <laughs> that is the truth. So, so let me let me explain this. I'm doing. I'm dealing with this right now. What is move up less? Isn't move up less just means that you didn't take a bigger position? Because really, you can define how much something moves by how much you size because your equity is based off like what you're expecting your expected return remember like everything we're trading are just vehicles for growth that's why you can have someone who is trading the same thing as you make only 100 bucks and another person is making 20,000 and you guys could take the same trade it's all about sizing that's why i always say it always goes back to sizing so when something moves up less but is more stable Maybe go for that because it's more stable and moving up. Now you can just size and control. You can control your equity growth based off your sizing. It's a different way to think about that. So that's the same thing. If it's you said that Apple moves down less, so it's. I mean, you can say the exact same thing for that too. 
No, I'm what I'm saying is that if something moves down, yeah, but but the thing is that it moves down less and it's more stable. So like certain things like Tesla, for example, when it moves down, it's aggressive. Um, when it moves up, it's it's aggressive. But it's like so aggressive. You know, so it can you can react to it. You can react to it differently uh, based on. Trust me, because I, I Apple is like is like all of our long strategies, and we have like six, four of them. I get to see how it reacts to to. Price. It's, it's just, just a lot more stable. Um, and I think that shows in the equity chart. If you look at the chart on um, on Weibo, or, um, I, uh, most of you guys are on TD Ameritrade, right? I don't think anyone. PlayStation is also really good if anyone uses that. Yeah, I use that. So, sounds like you're kind of explaining a little bit of uh, the term beta. Yeah. Correlation yeah. with the overall market. Some stocks are more volatile. Um, up yeah, up and down. Yeah, but uh, but no, the thing, the, market. the thing about Apple is that in general, like look at look at a day where the market is really strongly down, like going down, and just look at how Apple reacts to it. Like it goes down so softly, like it tries to hold itself. And there's a lot of reasons you can say that, like, you know, pension funds um, try, you know, putting in buying orders and there's there's a lot of different macroeconomics for apple to be number one i mean literally the it's the first two it's the first thing you search when you look up a stock it's two a's it's like the first thing on on every ticker list besides like um aa so there's um there's a lot of reasons at least in my head that i think that macroeconomics keeps the stock up um mm. and it's, it's just a stronger stronger stock on the long side yeah. and it really shows in general so there's a good study where it showed if if tickers have more attractive names like i don't know sometimes you see a ticker that's like h-o-t yeah. like it's hot i don't know like something ridiculous I see that, yeah it uh they they perform my, they perform ugly ticker names <laughs> my all-time favorite ticker is fat bb <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious there's the t-l-s-a <laughs> yeah, yeah that one confuses me um... sometimes I'm really? like, oh, fucking ticker. Oh, nice. There yeah, was one TLS the other week. It was out. called uh, MF. Yeah. <laughs> That's a classic. Yell. Boyne. Yeah, there's there's some my, meds. One of my other favorites is race, which is Ferrari. I'm a That's proud cool. shareholder yeah. of Ferrari. I've been holding one share now for a few years. Not I a big deal. I did not know that. Race, <laughs> yeah, Ferrari. As as a uh, self-respecting Italian, I have to. <laughs> it's actually up. I bought it at like two hundred. It's at three hundred now. So doing great. It's actually a pretty consistent uptrend Ferrari. Have yeah. you seen this called L? I think it's L L L L L Y or whatever. Um, someone yeah. told me about it, and this thing is just straight going up. Uh, Eli Lilly. It like it didn't react to it didn't react to 2020. Yeah. It's like well it did, but it didn't react in that bad, bad of a way. And it just keeps going up, right? And this is another an example of like something that might be correlated with the market, but still strong has its own strength. It's like when the market yeah. goes down, it doesn't go down that much. But when it goes up, it goes up a lot. Um, I don't know. If, is that I don't know if what it um, maybe let me look it up because I might be telling you guys the wrong thing. Yeah, it's LL. Yeah, that's LL. fucked. L-L-Y. That's a fucked chart. Yeah. Wait, is shit. it L? Is it no? It's L L Y. Yeah. Yeah. L L Y. Sorry. Yeah. L L Y. And it's like my girlfriend's dad worked for Eli Lilly. He just retired this year off of this move. 
Really? Yeah. He's retired off. Yeah. He was accumulating stock options. Wow. Yeah. Nice. I have a friend who he works there. Them all I, out. Works there. <clears throat> I don't even know what they do, but I was like, wow, this is crazy. It's pharm- pharmaceutical. Pharma. Okay. Uh, no surprise there. I think the reason yeah. why they don't show up, like it doesn't show up for me is because I have like the most liquid stocks and the data in our database. Like I just look at the most liquid and I think it's just not liquid enough to trade intraday. But this is a good example of opportunity that you can get from like if you, you know, hold. Like if yeah, it barely helps. trades intraday, um, <clears throat> although it's pretty expensive too. So yeah, now it's so expensive. I mean, I, I just wouldn't touch it. So this is our yeah. first time having six people on the podcast. It's kind of crazy and monumental here. I don't know how I'm going to make a thumbnail. I'm already capitulating <laughs> in my head. <laughs> yeah, have fun with that. Finding six pictures that look good. Oh, God. It was already miserable last time with five people. Uh-huh. S-O-X-S. Oh, there goes Toby again. <laughs> is that Toby? Is that you? That I think that was no, Toby. Not me. Hey, me. So what are you guys doing with this summer trading here in August? Because I'll tell you what, last week I was so disappointed with the action. Every day I have like this little expected value where I type in like what my expected value is today based on what I'm seeing, what the market trends are, how I feel. It was like every day I noticed I was putting like negative and I rarely put negative. And I was like, if, if every day I'm walking to the market with a negative expected value, why am I trading? Yeah. so i was like i think i'm gonna take the last week of august basically off which is this week so i was checking the markets pre-market to see if there was a positive expected value like let's say 100 percent gapper in the morning and then i would trade it as long as i could and get out before i get back my, my money which i've been doing a lot lately so that's kind of been my attitude hopefully we get more momentum or what, what are you guys thinking here how are you approaching this i think yeah, i'm having um, a hard time well, yeah, definitely, definitely a hard time. But I think this is a good example of, um, you know, the positive of being uh, a discretionary tr- trader is that you can you can read the expected value and you're not taking the same level of share size every single day. You know, an algo. Mm-hmm. The downside is if it's automatic, like on a day like last week, days like last week, you're taking your X amount of shares and your drawdown. Well, obviously, it's going to be bigger than you know if it just discretionary trader was able to read that and uh, adjust their size accordingly. So I do agree with like um, what we were saying last podcast about, um, you know, just, just, you know, if you have a positive, if you have a, a strategy that's making money, just consistently punch that buy button for the shares that you've been doing. Um, maybe even increasing it over time. Um because of the the profitable strategy, however, the drawdown uh, you could potentially limit that if you're able to factor in that extra variable that discretionary traders have, which is reading that market sentiment, to be able to maybe minimize that a little more, so you're kind of more at the higher end of your P and L curve. I, I completely agree with that. The idea of like of, yeah. of even algos, like even for me, don't get me wrong, all my algos. They don't trade it. They don't need like today is a weekday. We, none of our, I think one of our long strategies is in, and we just we're up for the day. But, um, but yeah, reading reading when things can get really bad sometimes it's not um it's not a feature. But I will say though, I already like the the more it, it, there's levels to it, right? If you have an AI that can actually do that market analysis and send it to your algo, you can. And we also do size based on condition, some conditions. 
and it improves our overall equity chart no matter what. But I do I do agree that it can be very difficult to like identify what that looks like. And it's, it's sometimes to being a discretionary trader, I think it's, it's to, you know, being human and being able to just, you know, feel because, you know, the market is a, is a, just a, uh, a combination of human emotions um, reacting to each other. You know, someone always says it's a complex systems, complex system. And so the thing about complex systems is you're never supposed to really completely understand them. You're supposed to just react to them and understand what you 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 see and you you can you know at least put logic to. So yeah, I think for computers it's harder. It's uh, but I, I think down the road though, give it 10, 15 years, I truly do believe people are going to be doing a somewhat copy trading algo version of what we're doing. Because honestly, you know, I, I think me and Alex talked talked about this, like, you know, when I used to play Call of Duty and <laughs> You know, at least you knew you were playing with humans. Like at least you knew you were playing against people who who were in the same mindset. And I think that's the same thing with small cap. That's why people gravitate to the small cap world. It's like you're playing with more than likely you're not playing with huge, you know, billion dollar algos who are you know because they don't care or you they don't have the you don't have the liquidity for them to play with, right? Yeah. But but if you play with if if the thing about the market is that you can have the you know someone with an aimbot. And, and like and war hacks, they can see everything. They can do anything. They can damn near, you know, watch, read order flow and react to it and and do it better than you and be you know first to that order. And it's kind of it's kind of shitty because the market is it's not meant for it's not just made for you know a discretionary trader to thrive in it thrive in anymore. I feel like computing has it's it's like a fair hackathon. Go go ahead and do whatever you want as however you make money, you can make money. And I think it's like down the road in the next 10 to 15 years, I think it was just people would just see like, I think that's where like I should put more of my time into. And I, I hope that that happens with especially like bigger traders, like traders who have like millions in the bank. Like I would invest more into like creating a way to automate everything versus like um, doing it on discretionary end. But yeah. Definitely makes I'm sense. trying to, I, I, I go back and forth with that too. Cause like I've found a decent amount of success with trading small caps, but it's very involved as you guys know. Mm. And like, I guess I could say I'm semi-retired with the amount of time I put into the income that I make through trading small caps, but still I'd like to have something a little bit less hands-on. Um, so I definitely think about yeah. algo trading or um, like even copy trading with TD or because even through TD, you can link accounts and have the same trade execute on two different accounts as as, a, as far as I know. Yeah. Um, so I think about doing that, like you can do yeah. that with just the trades you're doing on small caps. And it's a way that you could uh, essentially size up. But like for a lot of these stocks, when I send a market order for three, four, five thousand shares, they get slippage and they get filled in chunks. If I were sending a 2000 share order across two or three or four accounts, they'd get filled quickly and I'd be able to execute well. So that's one thing that I think about hmm. um, like copy trading, but then I'm also thinking about like longer term, I'm really interested to, to start researching algo trading and you could even apply that to copy trading as well. 
no reason that you need to algo trade just in one account. Yeah, I don't I don't even think there's a, you know, that's why that's what I think where I was going with it is that I'm starting to realize there's no need for you to actually be the researcher, the developer, the everything. There are people who are giving out like copy trading. Like um, there was a guy, um, I actually talked to him in his like chat all the time. He's like, um, he's like the anti-guru um, guy. He does um, the trading stuff on YouTube. Like sometimes um, Daniel something. Um, if you look him up, you'll find him. But but he 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 did a video where he bought like a, a ninja trading ninja trader thing where he bought it from a girl and he did the, he made like a thousand bucks, but he paid so much in fees and everything. She was charging. I was like, she was charging out the wazoo. I was like, dang, she she was. Yeah. This, you would have to who's, have like who's making money? Yeah, you would have to have a lot of money to really do what he's doing. But imagine if you did that. Like if you like kind of what uh, Darwin X does, what I the platform I told you guys about before, like where you can just pay for them to do that. And it's, it's less of the hassle because I truly do believe now that trading is it's, it's I was talking to someone about this with like because um, she was she was talking about wanting to be a nurse for forever. Like she loves being a nurse. She loves doing this. And I was like, what if someone just gave you like 400K right now and you can you can grow that up into the next you know, in the next 10 to five years to like multi seven, eight figures. And you can use that money to give back to those people that you would be a nurse to on a daily basis. Would you rather do that? Or would you, you know, just stay being a nurse? She's like, no, but I really love being a nurse because of that. And I'm like, well, think about it, right? If you make that much money, you could just get all these people nurses and you can, you know, screen them yourself and get them to have their own. Like you could give more value by getting more growth in a in a more systematic way instead of like fulfilling a sense of like pride in but i the reason i, I brought it back is like trading because i thought about that with like i used to feel that when i used to trade i used to feel like the pride of trade because I, I i was a gamer it's like you come in you do your job you do well you're proud of yourself right yeah, but then you think about the value yeah. you could have gotten from just doing that without having to do all that bullshit and uh, like being ag as aggressive like you know it's it only takes about a few numbers for me to increase my risk um i just have to yeah. change my risk. Um, and it's the same performance, right? I still would get like, Danny, you said you're like down 17%. If I, if I put my risk right now to how much you you risk, like that 17%, we would be up um, 80% on our algos. And it, that could be great. That could be even more if you just don't care about your money. Like I've heard of, I've heard of yeah, like, that's... For like 50% risk, like max drawdown and they get like 200, yeah. 200% every year. But it's, it's a lot of risk. That's, that's something that I've seen with a couple of the guys in Warrior Trading. Manoli, who I've talked about, uh, he took an account. We started trading at the same time in 2020, in the winter. Um, he took a $25,000, $30,000 account. I don't know. He's made over two and a half, probably close to $3 million now at this point. Um, he was kind of forced into big share size and... Um, just like a lot of risk tolerance. And <laughs> I think about that all the time. Like I've grown my account really nicely this year, um, but I, I don't want to take out of it at this point. I do think about at the end of this year, I will withdraw from the account um, probably substantially. I'll take my account back down to a small account. And then like, how's it going to make me feel? I know that every single penny in the account is pure profit that I can risk. So it definitely makes me think about my trading in that way. Yeah, that's what I that's what I um I always think about too. Like that's why the the whole thing I told like Tommy I was talking about like when you when you overall double your size as risk, 
is like when you're just playing with pure profit and you yeah. really are still stable outside of trading, I think it's worth worth it to take that risk. I don't know what you guys thoughts on that. Um, Depending uh, I, on I what's... Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I think I, I think it's hard to know, you know, trust your profitability and trust your skill sets to do that. Because, uh, you know, some people take the risk and they, they make that money in a week if they really get lucky. But yeah, you know, if you feel profitable, then... I think it just really depends on knowing and being honest about your best setups and your best trades and the state of the market right now. Like right now is probably not the best time to be hitting all the moves hard. Um, we've had like one move a day that have called that has called for hitting with big size or being aggressive on it. And that's cool. But um, I think it just depends on timing and especially knowing what a stock looks like when it's moving in a way that is that typically makes you a lot of money compared with the risk on it. Well, when when did you guys start feeling? Because I know when I started feeling like I was really set to like trade. Um, when I was trading, I remember I was trading about $150. Like that's what I was expecting to make. And then I was losing anywhere from there, I guess, maybe a little bit more depending. Because I, I think we we allow our risk to go as far as we can if we, as long as we're very consistent with our profit, um, at least mm -hmm. daily. Um, but like, when did you guys start feeling like, okay, things are starting to click a little bit more and you started putting on more size? Was it like a year in or or did you like, or are you still in that, I guess, like sometimes we, when it comes to sizing? I've gone through phases. I can talk about it briefly before you guys, um, Definitely if you want, but <laughs> I've gone through phases. Like the first year, obviously I was learning and it, it was kind of quick for me. I found profitability in six months, which is not totally typical. Um, and then basically at the 12 month period, and it was also because it was a really hot market. It was winter of 2021 and basically everything was going straight up. So yeah, yeah I, I, um, I made twice as much my second year as the first year. And then the third year, which was last year, I made like practically nothing because I had a lot of bad habits from 2021 from things just going straight up and you didn't really have to be too careful. Things weren't very punishing at all. Whereas last year they, they completely were. Um, and so now this year I've corrected a lot of the mistakes from last year and I've started sizing up and almost always whenever I'm able to, I cut my losses for like a two or three cent loss. Just, just if I get into a position and it doesn't do what I think it was going to really quickly, I'll just get right out and cut it for a tiny loss. So doing that with bigger share size when I get the right move, which is about 50% of the time, it's like a 10 to one risk reward, reward risk um, versus having to cut it, which usually I'll cut a trade two, three times or so before I hit that win, which is usually like five to 10 X. So that, so finally in my third year, I've started to really build actual confidence with what I'm doing. I get, I could probably add to that right away where I think we had a similar experience, except I was trading some things before. So like in 2019, in like November, I started trading small caps and within six months. So like in the beginning next year, summer, well, not even, it was like spring. I just switched from my cash account, funded a fully, uh, or made a fully funded margin account over 25 K. And then it was like every month I made more than the month before. We were also 
into, into that bull market. It was like easier and easier to trade and you can get more and more aggressive. So I just had an X, like I, my chart is literally exponential. And then exactly what Danny said, like, you know, a lot of the bad habits you learned started kind of hurting you. And I had like six months of almost straight consolidation where I didn't really make more money. And I'm breaking out of that uh, pretty nicely, but I'm not on that second nice big front side. Like I, I think Danny is, I think Danny's slaying, uh, especially 2023 right now. And okay. I'm, I'm still, I'm still waiting for, for that to happen, but I'm not really rushing it. Um, I was trying a lot of different mm -hmm. strategies, especially in Q1, Q2 this year, which was making me trip over myself, but. That's okay. That's what I was going to ask. I was going to say, like, what do you think, like, gets you to that point of, of, cause right now we're in a, we're, this month we're in a consolidation month and I know why uh, the market is down. We have a lot of long strategies, very few short strategies, and not not short strategies that take advantage of what's going on. And I always try to figure out, like on a discretional level, especially when you've been doing that well, like like kind of like um, like you know some traders right now who I see struggling. I'm just like, you know, you've been doing so well for like ten years. What happened? Um, so like, yeah. I try to figure out what is going through, uh, and everyone else can still go on because I'm trying to figure out kind of get a sense of like when people felt profitability and when they didn't. Uh, but like Alex, what do you think happened there? Besides, I guess you're saying that you were just trying a bunch of strategies and that kind of screwed you over. Yeah, I, I was trying to hold a lot of moves longer. And with small caps, I just found it really difficult to do in the end. Uh, I, I ended up tripping over myself. And this is kind of funny because when I first started trading small caps, I used to always say like, you know, I'd be up 5% and then I'd close it for a 2 3% loss. And there was nothing more frustrating than that. And that's when I really started focusing on base hits. And I would just you know, just three small base hits of like two, 3% trades. That's almost a 10% uh, day right there based on your average size. And that's pretty good. So, you know, if you're trading with $5,000 average size, 10% day, that's a $500 day. So then all you have to do is really scale and take some more base hits because I feel like those are pretty uh, predictable. But then obviously sometimes you're like, oh, I want that 200% winner. But I've noticed that is very, very tough because you just don't know which ticker it is. And you're, you're going to end up taking like a dozen plus paper cuts before you have that big winner yeah. and you'll never, and that big winner will probably not pay for all those paper cuts because you'll probably end up cutting the winner, the big winner too big. Cause you just never know if it's going to be a hundred percent winner or a thousand percent winner. And if it is a thousand percent winner, I guarantee you, you won't sell it at a thousand percent. So I've kind of gone back to my classic OG strategy and then boom, everything like the first month I focused on just doing what I know works, everything picked up again. And then I was like ready to size and then we hit the summer lull. So it was like, I had like two months of like decent profit this year and then it got nasty again. But yeah, it took me about six months to become profitable and then it was an exponential rise. And then uh, 2021 was a little bit choppy for me. Uh, and then 2023 has been so far my worst year, actually, because I've been trying all these different things. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I know Kobe is like more in the figuring it out stage. So actually, probably like what's your mindset going in, on it, especially with risk? Because I feel like uh, like I, I said this last time, I think so. But like I noticed just, you know, the reason why those people who take those 50 percent drawdowns do so well it's because they they treat it like Loki, like a like a um, like a casino, and they believe. And the problem, the good thing is that extremes can get you far, especially if you learn how to fix the issue midway, because you have a lot of cushion to play with 
Um, like kind of like what Maz is, Maz, Matt as is doing right now. Like he has a lot. He has ten million to play with till he figures <laughs> out what's what's the issue. Oh, is that man, how much I, he made? Five five million. He has to, he, half of that is probably in taxes, but um and whatever yeah. else. <laughs> but yeah, he, he <laughs> couple in his house. And and he could have made mistakes all ten years and then figured it out now and whatever. But but like what's I know beginning it's it's kind of hard because I remember that. I think that's kind of why I decided to stop doing that because I was just like, and I feel like I, I kind of feel bad about that because I feel like I don't know what the, I know what the hustle looks like, but I don't know what that would have looked like this year for me because I stopped trading, you know, in February. I just haven't touched, I haven't even taken a, I take maybe, I'll take a trade for the computer if I, like something glitches happen, but, uh, right. but I don't even touch, I don't even think about the trades, but yeah. Kobe, me, I mean, me for, for me, honestly, I feel like when I traded small caps, it took me like a little over a year and like three months to get my first like three consecutive green months in a row. And then right when that happened, that was like the end of the bull run where everything just went up every day. And then for three months straight, I think it was from September to like January or February of 2022. Um, the small caps, there was like nothing above 40% ever. So I was just bored of shit. And I was like, what do I do? I have a PDT account. I can take huge size on these large caps. So why don't I try to trade them? Then I try to trade NVIDIA. And then I come up with all these strategies on NVIDIA. It works for a month. I size up, lose it all. Then another month goes by. I change my strategy. I add two more variables. It works for two months. Size up, lose it all. Um, and then I'll be like, oh, I have too many variables. Let me break it back down to, to the simple ones. Do that. It doesn't work at all for a couple of months. Then I trade the spy and it works for a little bit and it feels better than NVIDIA because the volatility is just so like similar every single day, which is the trap of futures and trading the spy because you're like, oh, it moves every day. But then you realize, <laughs> yeah, every yeah. fucking person in the entire world is thinking <laughs> the same shit as you and you're trading against fucking Warren Buffett Every rich fucker in the entire planet is trading the spy. So, and then I did that for, I'm still doing that for, I think it's been a little over a year. And yeah, like a year. And actually it's been like a year and a half almost of me trading the spy. And that went from, I mean, I started oh. trading. Uh, I tried to only trade continuation at first because, you know, trust the trend. The trend is your friend, all that shit, that cliche stuff. And then I just suck at that. I had a 30% win rate, even though the trend is my friend. Well, how the fuck you got a 30% win rate if the trend is your fucking friend? And then I, then I'm like, well, I love reversals. So I should just really hone in on that. Um, so I go from having like three variables for reversals, doing the same thing I did with NVIDIA back in the day, works for a little bit, size up, lose it all do it again, do it again. And now I'm back to the point, I, like two months ago, I probably had like eight variables where at every point in the day, I would constantly be updating them in like an Excel spreadsheet saying, okay, it's 1030, the R vol is 0.4. That's good for volatility. If we have high volatility and we're trending down the day, what's the next level of liquidity that we should hit? Whatever. I do that, have like eight variables. And now I'm back down to like two that are extremely important. If these two don't exist, I don't take the trade at all. And then a third one, where if that's there, then I can size up more. Um, and that's what I'm doing right now. And I've literally taken like six trades in the last like three weeks because my variables are so tight. So 
Nice. I think I was gonna yeah. I was gonna say like that. Uh, be honest. Um, sorry to cut you off, but that okay. actually is that's actually what you need to do in these markets, unless you're like unless you have the infrastructure to do really good high frequency trading. Like most of these people I know who do algos, they trade on very uh, wide time frames. Like I'm I'm one of the few people I know. Um, and people, some of these people say it's impossible, but I trade, I have some of my algos that trade on five minute time frame. Like they look on the time frame minutes and that's the like small sense because I think I also traded those time frames and I, I know how to, and I, I it's, it's very frustrating because there's a lot of noise there, but I, I find, I found what, and I, I wanted the frequency. I wanted more frequency over a certain time period to get more trades. And I figured out what works more, but the biggest thing is to find the extremes. Like you need to find where, at least if you want to be, you know, profitable on a on a on a non high frequency trading sense. Um, it's better yeah. to find the exchange. You can you can do you know very high frequency type trades. But I'm actually dealing with that right now because I'm I'm working on a HFT type um, idea. Um, I, I I keep the code there and I keep adding to it and it fails and I keep adding to it just to see what's what's happening. But it's good. To, it lets me know how markets react. Um, and that's another thing I think we're even just doing this on the algo sense. I get to see a lot more. Like my, I was telling Alex this, like the market closes for you guys at whatever time. I replay it whenever I feel like it. I, I, I get to trade. I get to do all your trades again if I want to tomorrow or today. So I get oh. to see my trades look like how they react to certain things. Um, and I just know it notice from like a lot of my strategies that they find the extremes. Finding the extremes is way better than um than trying to trade it every other day because I, you know, those people who also, that you, you say, trade the SPY every day, you have to understand, sometimes they're just closing positions. Like, sometimes they've held positions over, over like, two days, and they're just need, they just need to close positions. But because their slippage is, like, maybe a dollar, they need to cl- – it takes them five minutes to close their position completely, and they do it in block orders. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's very hard to know. Like I say, it's complex systems, and you just try to understand as much as you can. But the intricacies of it, is so difficult that that you have to try your best to just understand the extremes of what you can find and what is like because when you know something has dropped down sixty percent, you know, like let's say um, a stock, you know, dropped sixty percent. If it bounces, if it bounces to the high, short it. It is not coming back up. Like you know, and that's I'm saying large caps, like a large cap, right? Like a large. Most of these large caps, they when they when they drop like that, people buy it. But after a little while, they start to come back down again. And Ducks is funny because Ducks has a, a opposite strategy of like buying the dips on these large caps when they drop down 40, 60%. But yeah, but that's over a few days because they tend to bounce back up because they're, mm-hmm. they're, large, they're not, they're not going to go to zero. But there's, there's okay. if you're talking about intraday, because we have an intraday strategy that trades midday and it looks for really extreme. That's the one that I showed you guys. The one that with the equity chart that was doing really well is that it, it looks for extreme highs on really, really weak stocks. So if you do that on something like Baba, that's really weak, you you can short it. But be careful because Baba also does this like whole thing where it spikes. But like that's not me giving advice on how to trade. But I'm saying the extremes can be really useful because anything can work, right? It's really how you structure your anything. Um, but I've just found that being trying to find the extremes of anything and trying to see if that works better, it's like um, it's a smarter way to go about it. But I don't know, you know, you guys trade low flow. Um, high frequency reminds um, me of a little bit of Colby's when he always says Lance Bright's times. Uh, what, what, um, broken slot machine, broken slot machine. I mean, that's kind yeah. of what Lawrence is talking about, right? You, you look for the you know, the move that is is 
it gives you that high expected value because it's it only comes once in a while. And that's what makes the SPY is trading that every day so hard. And in in a sense, like yeah. when you trade these small caps, we're basically just trading the one stock that is broken that day. <laughs> you know, yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's like some of those times where a short seller is just covering a position that he has to over a long period, you know, that could that's be why that. I- Sorry, I was just going to say, that's why I think that if you do trade the SPY or something like that, like it might take you literally 10 times as long to get good than small caps because small caps, you're literally trading against high school kids or some whale. (laughs) And you literally don't, you don't need to have some crazy strategy that's like, you know, 15 variables exist. Like you can just bull flag breakout and there's a fuck ton of volume, period. That's the strat. That's the setup. You know what I mean? Whatever. Whereas yeah, with the spy, there's fucking 50 breakouts a day, but they're one penny, you know, they break out by one tick and then they flush 10 points. And then, you know, it's not yeah. like that. Your competition is so <laughs> much smarter than you. Sounds like a real nice. It's so crazy when you look at both markets and you go back, like, it's so crazy to see the participants. Like they're so different. They, they don't mm-hmm. even, like, they don't speak the same language. Cause they, yeah. <laughs> like, if they, if they, <laughs> like if they go to what the other, they'll be like, what are you guys doing over here? <laughs> But money can be made in any in every sense. I think you said it best. Like you know, you said options is a good way to change any large cap into a penny stock. Yeah. Like there are different ways to do the same thing if you yeah. create it. But yeah, actually, you know, we, we I guess we miss we miss Toby and Tommy because I'm I'm still curious to like when you guys figured out profitability and like when it's stale or if, if it has stale. I don't know. Um, I found uh, profitability probably a little after one year that I started. I started in the beginning of 2020, so pretty much uh, the start of the whole bull run. But I was too inexperienced to really capitalize it on it. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of copy trading Ross Cameron. And literally, <laughs> as soon as he hit buy, I would hit buy. As soon as he hit sell, <laughs> I would hit sell. And I would still be like 20 seconds behind him. And I would he would have a green yeah. trade and I would have a fat red trade. Eventually, I blew because you're buying the shares that. that he's selling. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I fell into that trap. Uh, blew out, blew up my small cash account for about twenty five hundred dollars. Then from there, I started another cash account and just kind of just trading one share, one share, one share, just getting my repetitions in. And eventually, I started to you know make just a few cents a day and uh, just been sizing up from there. And I would say that came about 12, between 12 and 14 months of doing that consistently every single day, not missing one day. So I wasn't really trading to make money the first year or just trading just to get, you know, find my consistency. Then from there, just kind of slowly increasing my share size. I'd say about around like a year and a half, I started having like $300 days and I was like, through the moon and I was like, how the hell am I making three hundred dollars in fifteen minutes? It's like the most money I've ever made in that amount of time. And I went ahead and just walked into my job and quit. <laughs> I walked into my job and quit. And I, re- I remember awesome. that day. I remember that YouTube video. <laughs> so, yeah, I, was, like, I remember I it as like, well. Yeah, the, the video uh, I remember great. the exact trade too. It was it was G Fi. It was like a pre market gap and go setup. Broke through pre market highs. I made three hundred and fifty dollars in like five ten minutes went into my job quit <laughs> came back and That's i was awesome. actually doing I really it. good i was doing so good for about six months 
I was making a nice like 1K a week. Um, and then about six months in, about maybe November or so, the market got really, really cold. The first cold stretch we've been in since I started. So I didn't really know what, you know, I was getting into. I was, I was like, every single day, there should be a stock that goes 300%, right? <laughs> and, you know, eventually that stopped happening. I started to kind of panic a little bit. I was like, oh my God, I can't make money anymore. I can't make money. This anymore. is awesome. This is normal. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, then I just stopped making money, started losing money. And eventually I had to go back to find some work. So um after about six months um uh, i was folding women's clothes at the macy's women's department for 15 dollars an hour um not doing that anymore but you know that's definitely a big kind of wake-up call on what i'm getting myself into and that it, that success is not as you know linear as i thought it would be I think, you know i, I thought that- maybe after the $300 day, I would be scaling it to five to a thousand to 3000, but it just did not happen in that sort of linear way. So it kind of had a setback there. I'm still working kind of like an hourly job, not at Macy's, definitely a better uh, situation I'm in right now. Uh, you know, making, you know, decent, a decent wage work from home uh, outside of my trading hours. So that's kind of my situation now. Uh, still profitable every single month, uh, knock on wood. So I still have my edge that's still working. Um, but I'm kind of just waiting for the market to kind of give some better opportunity for me to kind of push my share size again. Uh, as of right now, it's kind of hot, cold, hot, and cold. So i um, kind of just been uh, treading water, I guess you could say. Uh, but still profitable at the end of the month. Kind of interesting. Everyone. That's a good place to be. I would even yeah. say like you have a, a work from home job that you don't mind too much and it pays decently. Like even if you yeah. start crushing in the market, there's no reason to stop doing that because it's I'm just doing that right now. Money. I'm doing it right now. Dude, stay. I'm yeah. I look and I've had opportunities, like more opportunities to do other things uh that can pay more and they're trying to get me to do hybrid. Um and honestly, yeah, no way. right now what I'm doing is I'm 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 investing in myself in my long term future, especially when I just stack up bread and just like honestly I don't the, the thing about me is I really don't need to I I could just have people who give me money or let me or want to just create an account that I could you know use to trade on, um but but I'm more focused I think more right now I'm focused on um on you know really making sure I'm doing everything right, uh making sure I'm building the tools right because my one one of my things one thing my boss used to say is that. My old boss used to say, is you, you want to be as undeniable as possible. Like, you don't want to be just, you know, another person that, like, if, for example, let's say if I was just a discretional trader and I didn't have, like, a good track record, like, maybe I only had, like, six months or a year. Like, I couldn't walk up to someone and say, give me your money, right? But if, like, I feel like as being an algo, it's, like, the, it's, the, it's the most statistical way that I can at least prove something to someone on a consistent basis and tell them how the process works and give them trust. Um, so I, I think my goal is like in the next year and a half of or year from now to be like super undeniable and just be like, okay, now I can really take, you know, if I want to work for, a, I don't know if I want to work for a bank, maybe like a hedge fund or something. Yeah. If I want to do that myself. Yeah. I, if I want to just keep doing what I'm doing, then yeah, I could do it. Like, just make sure you're, you're good enough to not have to have to look, you know, worry about what's going to happen next and i think that it's, it's scary a little bit being discussion because you guys are all in like different journeys like I, that's uh, this is a first off this is an amazing cast 
<laughs> just want to say, like, actually, you guys are all like in different stages of journeys, and you guys almost trade the same thing. So it's like it's because Danny's like sizing up from what I'm saying in this in this shitty market. Like, it sounds like you're sizing up in this ish you know situation where everyone is like kind I of am. like taking it taking it as it goes, and it's like it's good to see like the mindset of like. Well, if you really wanted to, you could be a Danny if you trusted yourself. But it's like, I do you have the skill set to be a Danny? And then it's like, and that's why it's like it's interesting to see it from a from a personal level because also I do think your your income, your how much money you saved, and all of that is is big too. Because I know for a fact that I couldn't do take some of the risks that I feel comfortable taking right now if I didn't um have like some money saved up. Like, yeah, if, I totally agree, and it takes a while to get to that place. Yeah, it takes a while to get to that. But if you did it, if you do it, it's like it's, it's honestly you. It feels like you're just like I when we take trades, I'm just like, oh, this is just like another. I feel like I put my money in spy. I don't feel like, I don't feel like I'm I'm thinking about it. It's like an investment into my trading uh, versus if you yeah. if you take your money to live off of, it's kind of a whole thing. Oh, I feel like to- Toby just yeah. talked about. That's where the it. mistakes come from. Well, one once of the you have, once you're thinking about rent and yeah. trading. Yeah, it, yeah. It, that's that's why I have two other main sources of income. Um, happily and luckily, trading has become a by far the main source of income this year, at least. And I I expect it to continue that way. But you know, you can't count on it. Um, I can only try to do better than I did the day before. Try to correct the mistakes I was making last month, last week, last year. You know, all of that. Um, I am continually trying to size up, but really trying to be careful about how I'm doing it. Um, like I said earlier, just tr- trying to recognize what are the stocks that move that the way that they move, I typically make the most money on them, size up on those, be aggressive. Anything else is honestly not worth trading. Um, that's my approach to the choppy market. And the first two weeks of August were really difficult because we came from a full seven months of the year that really rewarded me for trading exactly like I did. And then it was basically a full dead stop. Um, And so I had a bit of a drawdown. I was before today down like 5,000 on the month, which is a really pretty fairly small pullback considering how the first seven months of the year went. Um, But at the same time, one of the things that I really like that Lance Breitstein says and talks about is like you have to have some sense of urgency. The market is always going to be here for you, but you have to have the sense of urgency to correct the mistakes that you're making and to to size better into the best trades that you're taking and to develop that edge constantly. And um, like, even if you've been profitable for five or 10 years or so, the market goes through cycles. It, you know, AI is happening right now. There's all kinds of algos and stuff that we've, we've never seen before that we have to adapt to. Yeah. I agree with that. And, it, it, you know, the biggest the biggest thing I, I, I worried about, even I think that's why I decided to just run to the algo door was because I was like, well, I don't want to be in a position. I, I actually that's why I said me and my girl used to use uh, Matt as as like a case study of like this is what it could look like where you could be profitable for nine years and have two losing years consistent back to back. Right. Years, not months. Right. So it makes you think like, you know. How can you try your best to to mitigate your your yourself to your equity? Like how you can you know destroy your equity or or potentially you know hamper it for a little while. 
And I think it was just my way. That was my way of saying, yes, this is how I'm going to do it. I don't think it's the, the right way. I think, you know, like I said, a lot of discretionary traders perform really well. Um, but I am curious, though, like when you guys trade, because I remember this when I when I used to trade and the market was so dead, especially the small cap market. I think it was the time that Tommy was talking about, like um, it was right after 2020. It was like I remember even Relentless 2021, I think right after that, even Relentless was posting it like it was the beginning of the year or whatever. And it was like from January to March, just nothing. Yeah. It was, it was barely last anything. year. I remember that. Yeah, last year. And I was like, I said, I can do this. And so I started looking at like small, uh, large caps and like, what is these? What at that time I didn't have a PDT account, but I was like, what do these things do? You know, like how do they react? Like, what what goes through you guys' head when, especially when you have like a, a dead market like that? Do you like start thinking, okay, I need to take some of this money to spy or <laughs> to like what's the I think the I think my old self would have been really nervous like before I was profitable yeah. I don't know I think I would have been freaking out right now because it's like your dreams are being shattered and you don't want to wait any longer but once you're profitable and I'm not like crazy crazy profitable like I haven't hit my million yet you know I haven't even hit my half million yet although I hope I will at one point uh pretty soon but like you know, a lot of funds break up like long-term capital management, you know, that's, that was an algo fund and it blew up too, because they're basically mean reversion and then they couldn't handle the stock collapse in the nine, uh, the dot-com bubble. Um, there's a really good book on it. I, I think it's called more money than God. And it goes through several, several large funds, but like for me, when I have this situation where the market is not good right now, expected value is red. I now look at it as an amazing time to work on other things. Like this week, yeah. I've been getting so much done because I haven't been looking at this trading screen for four hours. I mean, it's only been now two days. <laughs> I feel like I've been like, uh, you know, doing all those things I've been wanting to do, working on uh, my strategy book a little bit where I'm just kind of writing down all, everything and organizing it, uh, working on trade journal a lot more. Uh, watching a lot of YouTube videos that I've been having on my playlist, just kind of like, you know what, I'm going to put all this time into like doing everything else I've been wanting to do. It sounds like it's, yeah, it sounds like you guys are just creating or you're at least creating a new source of income outside of the market. Like, you know, you're trying to think, how can I put my effort into something that could give me value outside of yeah, but it's it's also a lot of self-discovery and self-exploration. I've been also spending a lot more time at the park, working out a little bit longer. So it's it's more of just like, waiting for the market to be good because i know most of the time i make most of my money in like a fairly small period of time it's the classic 80 20 principle right where yeah. most of most of your income is going to come from a very small period of trading and it's probably not going to be in july and august <laughs> most likely not based on probably my stats, not. definitely uh, not so you say I, that because, I don't mind taking uh, off right now a little more it's funny you say that because our biggest profit was in june and july <laughs> july was the biggest it was like june like, and yeah, july I mean, were good it, yeah i mean if if you have i mean everyone's strategy is going to be different for me you know i need yeah, momentum yeah. i need small caps to be ripping so if, if you're more of like a large cap maybe uh words to simple trend, to rip, especially yeah, july yeah. was just a beautiful front side trend in the market. So I could see some funds or some algos doing really well right now. But for me personally, this is like horrendous conditions. It's like going to the beach and trying to surf and it's flat, you know, like best case I mean, every day bit by a shark. You know, there's there's like yeah, there's, yeah, there's yeah, no yeah, upside. There's only downside. <laughs> that's how I felt. I felt like it was just so much like it was so dead. I was like, what is going on? And this is and yeah, if you're not profitable, I guess being uh, more of a habit. I'm 
I think for me, it's, it's funny because you say that because I kind of do the same thing. Like right now we're in a lull in our account. I think we're we're up on a month, but like, I think we're up like 800 bucks. But like- Yeah, it's, it's not like up what you- it's, Yeah, it's not like up right? like, you know, two grand, which would be nice to just finish every- Because anytime I get up to 2K or a K, 1K to 2K, it's just like, okay, good. We, we're at least keeping base, you know, base levels. And yeah. it's just it's just based off how much I size, right? And so, but but when it, now that we're down, I'm just like, all right, well, I'm just working on new strategies that take take advantage of these new conditions, or well, yeah. these conditions are missing out, like on this new, you know, breakdowns. All these um, large caps are breaking down, uh, so I'm creating new strategies that really take advantage of breakdowns, and then that is me kind of. I guess that's my new next source of income because each strategy is its own is uncorrelated so yeah each uh, yeah. source of it yeah there's there's to... two two things you can kind of do right work on new strategies which i was kind of doing in q1 and at a really bad time for some reason or option two is like you know trading is like riding a bike you know but you don't need to ride your bike every day but when you do you have this strategy and you have the skill set so i feel like it's for me it's a little bit like riding a bike once i see the market picking up i won't have all these bad habits of over trading in, in the summertime because that's happened to me before where the market started picking up and I started not trusting any moves because I just did three, no, it was like six months. It was like this really bad lull in 2022. And I didn't trust any move that popped because I just learned the worst habits. <laughs> so to me, it's like, I want to step back a little bit, not too much because I, I don't want to be rusty, but yeah. really being conscious of the market. So like, I know Kobe was doing the, um, the Airbnb. Does that that's feel another like another great thing? Yeah, yeah, that's like another great way to do it. Because I'm I'm considering doing stuff like that, even with trading. Like you know, like I know some people who want to. Um, I had a friend who wanted to do something with me trading wise, and it's like for me, it's like though it's outside of what I do, like how I make my money on the trades in the individually, it's still like an outside source of income because that would not be um, that I would get paid for that on a regular basis, right? But like yeah, something like like with the with what Kobe's doing with the Airbnb, which is like I, I'm curious to know how that's still going and how it how it feels to like have that, how how it feels to have that under your belt while you you know kind of you know learn up and figure out you know what your day to day is trading, especially with how infrequent you've been trading. Honestly, I mean, I feel like this is the first time ever where I took principles from the stock market and I applied it to like overall business and economy, and I was like, holy shit. I have an edge in building stuff because I just built tree houses and stuff. Like my family, we grew up on 70 acres of land. So like when I'm six years old, I'm literally in the forest, like alone by myself for like six hours, like making shit, just doing random stuff. That's literally all I did my whole life. And then um, I was like, why don't I just, cause I built this whole apartment, like all this, this room is completely just a blank white room before I was here too. And I was like, I learned how to do like frame walls and just do shit that I never did before because I just built like platforms and trees. And I was like, you know what? Why don't I just, I see all these little campsites um, all around the place. Pennsylvania is beautiful. People come here for like hiking and shit like that. And camping, if you look at the trend of camping, it's just going straight up. Like it is a huge trend straight up. And um, I was like, why don't I try to take some of that edge of like knowing how to build shit and make a campsite that's cooler than other people's shit offer them better stuff like we have a pond on our property that was like filled up in 1977 from a flood it used to be like a a speedway in like the 70s and uh it got filled up so we have this awesome like two it's like two to three acre pond 
So I was like, we have all this shit sitting right here. All I need is the approval of my parents to let me build shit on the land. And they were like, sure, we don't care. So, <laughs> and the whole, the whole premise of it too, is that I want in like 35 years, whenever I've, well, I guess that not that long, but maybe like 20 years from now, when I have kids and like all that shit, I want them to be able to do the stuff I did when I was a little kid. And if I come back here in 20 years and like my parents die or they are not living here anymore, like this land is going to be so overgrown that I won't even be able to enjoy it. It'll take me two months just to get it back to baseline. So the whole premise, like me pitching it to my parents is like, hey, let me do this. My equity in this will slowly dilute over time. And then the money that is made from those cabins, because this isn't going to be my first cabin, I'm going to do many more of these in many different places, not just on my property. Then over time, that money from the cabins can pay for keeping landscaping good and taking care of the house and doing all that shit. So it's really cool yeah. because even like the risk aspect, like I spent 10 grand on it to build everything. Um, and it was all built by me. So I saved like at least half. I would have spent 20 if I had to pay somebody to build that shit. Mm -hmm. But I would have never spent 10 grand if I didn't think for a second, like, dude, I spend like $20,000 every time I take a one contract position size on the futures. Like yeah. I put on risk. So I put on way more risk than 10 grand every time I take a trade. So why am I scared to do something where I'm actually decent at it, like building shit and see if that works. And it's made like 50% yeah, uh, so far in the first like oh, four nice. months. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, like putting, money months, so. assets, putting money on hard assets is still hard for me because I like seeing the dollar hmm. amount. I know I'm liquid. I don't can put it out. Because uh, yeah. one of my friends is trying to get me to do real estate uh, stuff with him. And I'm like, uh, no, not yet. Let me, let me, let me deal with this, this annoying um, investing, uh, this annoying vehicle that I'm using to increase my wealth first before i get into another one and i also think sometimes to focus on one thing first now that yeah on. and I, I also think it's like like for me i have the i have the luxury of having semi multiple streams of income depending on which strategy is, is performing that like one of our strategies True. oh my god does this thing even work it hasn't even ran for like it hasn't even ran for like a month or two i don't even know it hasn't taken a trade for two months but when it <laughs> takes trades it does so well so it's like mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's one of those situations where, and I don't have to take the trade, you know, it's, it, it does everything. So it, I feel like that for me feels like a new source of income that is thriving at that period of time. So, um, yeah, makes sense. I think, I think it's, you know, it's, this is what someone said in a, in a podcast is like, I'll go trading is one of the harder ways, like of initially trading. Like it's easy for us to like just sit and to get like sit in front of a computer, get a broker, you'll be able to just trade, right? If you want to get algo, if you want to get an algo to do it, you have to understand the statistics, the coding, the blah blah. You have to get into that whole field, right? But when you get into it, the work is done. And but versus when you if you still have to do it on a day-to-day -day basis, it still feels a little bit like a like a, a job, even if you're working for just an hour. Um, and I think that's my mindset for it right now. Is like I'm I feel like you know, I spend I probably spend more time on this desk than most of you guys because i i literally sit here for like 12 hours 12 to 15 hours a day like literally here i'm not even joking i i, I go to the gym but i'm working and i kind of i kind of have it in my head like i'm investing my time for the next two years to have ed all the learned knowledge for this and unlike most people who are who get into this and are unprofitable which i don't get me wrong i've seen some un unprofitable algo traders i've, I've heard of those um, I, I find it interesting when those people are unprofitable because I, I try to figure out 
and then I learned I learned that they did a lot of things wrong. Um, and so it kind of makes sense. But um, for me, I feel like I'm just trying to invest as much time to make sure I'm always profitable and doing things the right way and always making sure that, you know, I don't have too much risk or I'm not putting myself in a situation where I have to dig myself out of a hole, you know, and if something was to ever go wrong. Um, which I'm, I'm sure you guys all do the same every other day. That's the main focus. Try right? to. Be in that hole, right? Best so, as we can. Yeah. Toby, do you want to do you, you want to share your um your how would you call it your your success or your journey into profitability? I guess you can call it. Yeah. Or, or is Toby already MIA? I didn't. Yeah, I asked. I said it just now. I didn't know if he was still there. I'm, That's why I'm asleep. I'm just sitting in the background. I'm about to fall asleep. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Especially after trading till market closed yesterday in your your time zone, that must have been brutal. The best choice I made today was I closed my computer only like ten minutes after we started talking. So, <laughs> like almost always the best I'm choice about, it I'm seems. About that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is so. And I was green, so that was that was okay too. Nice. But I didn't trade the best ticker. I should have chased it with Danny, but yeah, that's <laughs> true. Which one? <laughs> Huh? Uh, Which one was that? VFS? Yeah, the one. Yeah, I just. I, just I had some like nice I, trades on it. I felt like I was getting high, getting in high, going to get in too high every single time. So I just said, forget it. You want to see something funny? If I'm sharing my screen, you guys can hopefully see this. Um, so I'm tracking my stats and all of that. Look at this. This is August for me so far. So oh, red, down a little day. bit. That's. What's that? That's a lot of red days. I, I <laughs> yeah. Of... Well, okay. Well, yeah, and exactly. That's that's a good point because I'm also red. Look at how bad. Yeah, all this I didn't. Been. I because I saw your I saw your chart. That must be really rare for you then. So yeah, it's been a really tough month. Um, so this is also a factor I think of me taking bigger size. That I'm. That's what I'm trying to tell myself at least is that you know here's a forty three hundred dollar day. 4,300 red, 33 green, uh, 38 red, 23. So, you know, it's to both sides. It's just been really choppy in August. So I'm trying to limit my like emotional connection to it at least. Um, cause at least I'm having big green days too, but look at this August. The only day I'm allowed to make money in August is Tuesdays. Oh my so, God. <clears throat> that makes it an easy week for you. <laughs> yeah, Tuesdays so, are also my best days over three years, like significantly. I don't know what it is. Um, yeah, I'm just uh, you know trying to be careful, trying to be mindful of how I'm sizing, what I'm, what positions I'm taking, all of that. But um, that's something that I am considering is that it's been a tough month. Um, I'm red on the month within literally like two really good green trades worth. So it's not a the amount I'm red is not a big deal. I just need to tighten up what I'm doing. And it's just constant strategy refinement. Yeah. Yeah. When I see Danny's shit, I'm just like, bro, if you could combine <laughs> algorithms with discretionary and you can yeah. have just a consistent, oh. constant expected value, like all the, it's just sitting right there, right in front of your face. And it'll lock you out the second you get below, like whatever. Some that's expected what, value. So, it's so hard. Huh? I was saying you can probably find some sort of measured uh, variables to create that for you. No, Maybe. I, that's what I said. 
Maybe. I think I can, I don't I don't know why this sounds so so um it's not that big a deal. I mean, you could actually create like I told you. So that freedom app that we have, right? You could literally trigger it to close. Well, you can tell it to close after a certain time. But let's say let's say I if I was to create a program, what I'll do is I'll just because I know I know um, TD Ameritrade's API. I could probably just see Danny's account. I can look at how much money he's lost today. And if he's lost over a certain amount, I could just like mid mid trade even mid trade. I w- I could close that trade, and then yeah. and then uh, close your account and the freedom. And then you can't. I wonder if I, I wonder if that would do more damage than good because Danny does exactly. Come that's the, the problem. That's that's I what I. Yeah. Uh, so what that's I what I was waiting I to say. I would need your statistics over like two years to know if it's actually worth doing. Like right. <laughs> that would yeah. be interesting. Yeah. yeah, if you gave me your statistics, exactly. I could just um, redo some research analysis on it, like break it down into an equity chart. Like if you just give me any open, close price, I could break it into an equity chart throughout the day, like in any time frame, and I can see how you reacted on different times. And I could be like, okay, Danny, you want? I can prove for sure over two years you should have never traded on August first. <laughs> and I could just tell you, yeah, I'm gonna close your thing on August first for some reason. Here, let's <clears throat> let's share again. Then that's the hard part specifically about my trading is that the typical trends and expectations that you might think um like people ask me all the time do i have a max loss um so that's a good day and here's a great example of why i don't have a max loss hmm. um yeah, let's wow, see that was insane i was like down here purple bottom and here's bottom. another great example of why i don't have a max loss Obviously, I'm not trading well those days, but if I had stopped down 3000 I'd have had a $3,000 red day. Um, yeah. That was a bad day. Uh, like a lot of these days, especially in August, like this, there's a specific reason why I don't have a max loss. And um, I, I don't know. I imagine it would be very difficult to code something to trade... Well- so discretionary yeah because uh, yeah. there's I mean, honestly i wouldn't i wouldn't even care to do that um i would just copy your trade i would just make like if, whenever you take a trade i'll just get something to take a trade um but yeah but i would uh which i'm, I'm i always think about like do hedge funds like snb capital do that like what if if they don't why don't they because like so what there's a rumor that i've heard there's a guy anton creel um he used to be i think a goldman sachs guy and now he goes around and he does um these these uh seminars he has talked free at least in a couple seminars that i've watched about how your broker when you place a trade they have you in either the profitable or the unprofitable bucket and they will either take the same trade or a trade against you based on what bucket you're in i don't have a way to verify that or anything but it makes a lot of sense to me yeah, it's I mean, I, I the, yeah, I don't know if they would do. I, I, I mean, I don't know what the ethical reason, the ethical issues are with that. I don't even they know. Don't give a shit about ethical. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry, not even ethical. I mean, legal. I don't know if there's a legal thing around that. Uh, but if, yeah. if they did that, I don't think. I, I mean, I wouldn't really. I, I was thinking about this recently too, because like, like, okay, we know for a fact that these, you know, you know like citadel they all get your order flow right they get your orders no matter what and they have to do something with it right and, yeah. and 
because they have to be profitable. They're high because their their job is a market maker. Which realistically, if you think about it, everyone is a market maker. Everyone is just fulfilling an order and whatever. They 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 have a required amount to fill fulfill, but they can use their strategies to do so. Like they have strategies on on table to react to your orders, right? So if you think about it, do do these people are these people technically, especially when they can buy order flow, are they just illegally creating a strategy because they they they're just reacting to your orders in ways that they've already they're paying for it right so they're, they're like front running you and and then I don't yeah, think they, that would be illegal. And they can front run it well it's not illegal it's, it's controversial. questionable it's very, <laughs> no it is controversial it's a big thing that they've talked yeah. about like they, yeah controversial they, they talk, yeah that's the but my my I've, I've i've dealt with this for a while and had had like questionable like thoughts about it but then i think about yeah well i i need my order filled <laughs> like I'd rather have my order field and me me struggle to try to yeah to exactly it's like yeah. what's so the like, alternative you know, that's the most important it, part number yeah. one the is like what's the alternative and oh go ahead no I was just gonna say the argument for you not having a max loss seems to me like that you're somebody who won't um you know if you start having red trades or going down let's say after a thousand in the red you're somebody who's not going to take that and kind of uh, spiral mentally out of control. I'm on the other hand of someone, look, I notice mentally, like when I start getting into that red mind space, I definitely feel like I'm more likely to go more red because it influences my strategy. My emotions start to take over and I'm cutting cutting winners way too fast because I want to have a green trade or I'm letting my losers go way too deep on big size because the big size is like, I'm more attached to like a bigger position because, you know, obviously you want it to end up to be a green trade instead of, so that's also, you yeah. know, motion rather than just seeing it as just a trade, you know, you cut it at your stop uh, instead of trying to hold, hold and hope. I'm more likely to yeah. do that. If I start spiraling out of control in the red, to me, it seems like you are somebody who can kind of recognize that and not fall into that trap. So mm-hmm. definitely, you know, hats off to you for not, you know, being able to do that. I freaking for sure wish I was able to go from negative three thousand. Toby, Toby does that too because I've watched these podcasts enough to yep. see his. Yeah, I've actually I went to. I, I don't go on trade journals because I've I've gone through it before, but I only went through it because I needed to see Toby's like, and Toby's got the craziest he, running PLs too. His equity yeah. charts don't look like, like. Let me explain. So Toby and Danny, I've true. learned over a long period of time, stop losses are really bad. They actually, um, they actually overall make your strategy less profitable. Like I could show you a bunch of examples of if I brought my stop loss closer versus if I just put it to the moon. You could probably be just profitable if you just let didn't even put a stop loss, but put a logical stop in in place, like a logical stop thing to reason to stop. That's something that just makes no sense because if something if you're shorting something and it's up two hundred percent and you've been down since it was up ninety percent, stop trading. Or maybe wait till it's up 300 and short, you know, but never put a stop that's going to be like, oh, stop on the day or whatever. So maybe that's why that happens. But it still is that, yeah, my algo, there have been days where I think our algo was down like $700. And I was just like, what? what? And then, I, but I just, but it keeps taking trades and it takes trades and I'm like, what's going to happen to this? And then it makes up it's, up, it's up 300 at the end of the day. I sleep, I wake up, it's up 300. I was going to bed before I took a nap in the afternoon. Yeah. But it's because the algo didn't, it wasn't emotional and saying, 
oh, uh, I'm down to 800. Let me stop. <laughs> it kept it kept taking trades. And I was scared for a second. I was like, this is going to be a $1,500 losing day. So I guess to show you, like, yeah, you're, you know, a Danny, being, being like Danny might be the better option. Yeah, I agree. Probably net Danny is like the way to go, not having a stop or Toby as well. But for me, I'm definitely, uh, I agree with Tom. Like it's, it's, exa- it's exhausting. You could get on until you get on a red state of mind. And I think the better you get as a trader, maybe the less that happens. But even then, let's say you're down a thousand, then you're down 2000, then you're down 3000, then maybe four or five, then you finally get back to like only down a thousand on the day. And then maybe you end up a hundred on the day. And that happens like three days in a row. You just hurt. You're like, I would probably rather be down 3000 than up 300 at that point, because I'm going to be mentally a mess at the end of those three days. And that's going to really mess me up sometimes going forward. And that's just myself. Now, I, like that will probably not work for other people, but I know for me, it's better to risk that, like to stop the mental downside, because I, I've had those days where I traded like eight hours the full day. And then I would do that yeah. back, to back to back to back. And I was so shot at the end of the week where I was like, I think I just lost a year to my life. Like I'm ex- like yeah. exhausting. So I would rather not have that. And that's my reasoning. Not the reason well, my PL won't be better because I do think it would be better. I just yeah. I don't want to put myself through the stress. Well, here's the thing is like people in my, in the warrior chat, frequently they see me have those kinds of days. And my only response really is like, it doesn't matter which side you're on, whether you're the type of person who needs a max max loss and that keeps you safe, or you're the type of person who can keep trading and make some back or make all of it back. It doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is you know, which side you're on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what works for you. I totally agree with that. Yeah. I have actually implemented, I've tried that on our equity chart, um, our overall equity chart combined. I've tried stopping over after a certain period of time. It made less money because most of what happened is that the times where it would have made back the money. Um, well, that makes made, sense for other type trading I, yeah, I where you're I not emotionally arguing that. I don't think. Yeah, no, I'm saying I'm saying it goes back to the idea that, yes, it would. Well, I'll I'll put it like this. I know sometimes the better way to make the algos, but sometimes I make them so that it makes me feel comfortable. Like I know sometimes they're not putting like maybe, for example, I'm dealing with one an algorithm, one strategy, the breakdown strategy that I'm working on right now. And because these markets have such a huge tendencies to go up and they, you know, they go back up, like I'll, I'll get ready for a breakdown, but it will bounce back up and come back up. Um, obviously, just equities market. But they, they, it loses a lot. But when it wins, it wins big. But for me, meant because of the type of trader I am, I'm not comfortable with seeing eight, nine days of a strategy just keeps losing. It's very hard for me. To, but yeah, I know the strategy works on the bot, but I'm, I don't even know if I want to deploy that yet. Like, so I think it, it, is, it is, there is something to say to like, Sometimes we do things to make sense for us and it doesn't really have to, it doesn't really have to make sense like for our PL. Cause it, it, if it, if it, I don't know, it, it's, sometimes I think it's bad though. I don't know. I, I wish we were all a little bit of robots and we were just like, no, we, this works for our PL. We'll be like Danny and just like keep trading. <laughs> Bro, I stand by the fact that I stand by the fact that if you literally just put yourself in a black room and it was just locked in there for three years, yeah, yeah. 
you would absolutely be a million times better than if you could see how everyone else trades and hear all these cliches. Trend is your friend. SMB Capital says this broken slot machine, change your sizing all the time. Well, what if you're not supposed to fucking do that? Because that's not who you are. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, like, you got to trade your personality. I'm, I'm that's yeah. that's the that. biggest thing. Yeah, that's the biggest thing, especially with like, you know, we have a few thousand members and the the thing that I try to get across the most is, you know, I do weekly mentor sessions where I'm going live, I'm talking and all that. We have another guy who does that. We have Ross who does that. We have a couple other mentors with like million dollar badges. The The biggest thing that I say is like, you'll see all of us calling out trade ideas. That doesn't mean it's the right trade for you to take. And you just have to figure out which one of us or combination or whatever kind of works best for you. And that takes a long time. That's the hard part. Yeah. That's really Especially awesome. when there are a lot of voices in your ear, yeah. yeah. When are, you're hearing all the everyone doing something different. I think you know we were talking about yeah, like like Kobe. You said that you like I I think you watched. You said you were doing it for like three or four years, and you've been like you tried a bunch of different things. And I, I'm always like, you know, it's kind it's it's very interesting. Even from my perspective, now that I'm more algo versus when I used to, because I look at myself like, what was I doing before when I could have just kept doing this thing? But when you don't know what this thing is. You're kind of just like having to figure that out. And that process alone can like destroy you. Like I think it's sometimes it's sometimes it's better to just stick with something and just not touch anything else. Or like if someone gives you if someone gives you a strategy that you know works and they can prove it, like kind of what we talked about with Darwin X and stuff like that, then okay, just trust that and just do that. But most people are not doing that. No one is really I don't know if I don't know if you guys know anyone who for sure has a back tested strategy that they're just giving out. Um like and they like they know their exact entry, their exact exit, their exact like um reasons and all of that. Most people don't do that. Like, like the amount of work that it takes to get that done. Like the reason why we have seven strategies is not because I've made seven strategies. We have I have way more. I have like a file a folder with like probably 30 different things in there. Some some of them are just too correlated with what we have and the ones we have are the best. So um it, it's it depends on like what is the idea that you feel comfortable with going for that day. Or that for that you know next six months, um, and I think when you find that, then you finally be like, all right, I'll stick with this, and then maybe I'll dabble into something else like on a sim. Which I don't know if you guys use sims when you started. Um, I I know I didn't. I I, I just didn't. Went care. straight live, started making <laughs> real mistakes, Same learned here. from them. <laughs> sims sims are great just to test out buttons stuff. Sometimes yeah, I do that yeah, just totally just good. to make sure my hotkeys work. And although Sims often don't use work with hotkeys, it's super annoying. But yeah, TD uh, <laughs> does not. Yeah, no, it's think it's annoying. But hey, guys, that's a whole different topic, and we actually have to probably cut it here because we've already way over. Yeah. Although there's so much I got to get to the gym. So much to talk Lawrence about. Lawrence does too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I go as I go at eight. I I don't. There's too many people in uh. the gym. I gotta get to dinner. My girlfriend's already knocking. Toby's <laughs> gotta get to bed. Well, that's, that's a cool. That's a cool episode. Good stopping point. We got a lot to talk about, dude. So much, so much, and maybe in the future we'll have more talking uh, talking points we could all think over. But we had some great, uh, great, great topics we covered. So yeah, appreciate yeah. you guys. There you go. Yeah, and great first six. Good stuff. Take it easy, guys. All right, later, boys. I'll see you guys later.